dialogue. It's, you know, this is like an art house. Yeah, Ava is basically an art house film or an art film in the form of a TV show. It might not seem like it at first because you have giant robots, right? You, you don't have a bunch of French people eating bagels and whatever. You have <laughs> French people eating <laughs> Or Germans, I guess that's probably... Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast, Anime Sound Podcast, and I'm your favorite host, Sam the Bomb, and with me is Neon Genesis, Nick Vangelion. Sam, you're worthy of my grace. Do you know why? Because I'm the shit. And only people who are worthy of graces, or your grace, can review Neon Genesis Evangelion. Boom. We're Let's doing do it. it. Although it's going to be more of a pitch than a review. We want to convince you. Imagine me as Uncle Sam pointing at you. We want you to watch Evangelion. Nick Evangelion. Now that it is on Netflix and legally available to stream. And also still on the high seas as well. <laughs> and and if you're listening to this right now, it's also a special occasion because today is our birthday. We've been a podcast for four years, dog. Uh, you know, we didn't want to almost a like kindergarten, a, man. Almost, almost kindergarten. We, we kind of had a celebration with our 200th episode, so we kind of didn't want to do another one. Plus it's four years, you know, it's not five. I think five is like a better. Yeah. That's kindergarten. Celebrate. Dude. It's kindergarten, dude. Unless you're like a genius, but to celebrate, we're going to do Evangelion. That's how we're celebrating the, the, the ultimate anime summit duo, some unit. 59. Yeah, what what unit would Nick you Vangelion. what what Ava would you pilot? 69. <laughs> 69. <laughs> what 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 unit are you in, Sam? 69. Nice. <laughs> Gendo's, Gendo just has his hands over his face. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Dude, no. I'd be unit like, 420. Holla. <laughs> 420 blaze it. I would if it were like an actual Ava, I would probably do unit 3. Cuz that's my favorite. Unit 3, is that the black one? Yeah. Oh, that's the one that uh, Toji uh, pilots? Yes. Anyway. Yeah, but they they put they have the dummy plug in it also. Or that, they have the dummy system in it. Dude, I got to go. I just got to go with the classic, Unit 1. Unit 1, dude, is so... God, dude, it's so I Unit one. iconic. I just love it, you know? I, I go with any of them, though, you know? Uh, they're all it, cool. Even even we Ray's, were, like, basic-ass Evangelion. <laughs> if we were talking about the... The movies, the rebuild movies, I would do Unit Thirteen, the dual cockpited one. But oh yeah, we are just covering the TV series and oh, yeah. the movie End of Evangelion. Yes, not the rebuilds because uh, Nick is a elitist butt sniffer. No, because those aren't on Netflix yet. This is basically timed after the Netflix release on June. We 21st. all know that you're a butt sniffer, Nick. It's fine. Also, I haven't seen them yet. Because <laughs> you don't want to watch them. Because you're like, no, I'm gonna don't. watch them. I'll watch them. Don't taint the original, and I like to fart. <laughs> Let me sit on my ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, Nick's gonna watch him. But like, yeah, we're just covering the series in the in the end of Evangelion. But dude, I'm excited because we've talked about it for a long time, and me and Nick were always the ones who were like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be hype!" Hell yeah, man. Danny is like, uh, Danny's seen Evangelion, but I, as you know, she's a. Uh, Danny's not worthy 
of our grace right now. Okay? Dude, I'm this telling is, you. This episode she... is only for true stands of Evangelion. <laughs> I'm telling you, when she comes back, she's going to be... She's just going <laughs> to rip you apart the whole time. Every week is like... No, much like, like Unit 1 ripped apart the angel. All right. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah much yeah, like you ripped apart Zuriel. <laughs> oh, Zuriel. Basically every other angel. <laughs> yeah, basically every other angel. Yo, I'm excited as fuck. So uh, we're going to get right into it, but before that, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, check that out for me, dog. That's exciting, right? Check that out for me. And as always, uh, I'm just going to get through this. Sort of Links.animesummit.net, okay? Links.animesummit.net. Go there. Have fun. Really, though, I want to get to this. I got to say this real quick. Happy birthday, Anime Summit. It's been four years. It's fucking awesome. Thank you so much. And I want to give a shout-out to the latest patron, Kat Kyoin. Kat Kyoin is their name on Patreon. Is that Thank a JoJo so reference? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like Cockween. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it might not be. It might not be. But... Uh, shout out to them for being late. They, they were actually a patron like a few weeks ago and I was supposed to shout them out on last week's episode and I forgot, but thank you so much for that pledge. And to the, the other five also Senecate, Kenneth, G helmet, Danny and Cade, you guys are the boss. You guys, that's the fucking move right there. Becoming a patron. Dude. Shout outs. Every up. Every and app, starting every in July, app. we will have, we're committing to it. Starting in July, we'll have patron perks. Yeah, hell yeah. So like mid July, perhaps late July. Things just gotta calm down right now. Yeah, sure. we've been pretty busy. So, but um, I I did write a letter, a four years anime summit letter that patrons can see right now, and then it'll become public on Thursday, and we'll tweet it out. Okay, it's just a quick letter saying thank you and and sorry to the other homies and. And shout out to Nick and Quoka and Danny and Mac and whoever else. So not as gushy and sentimental as last year when I wrote like five letters for each like host. Dude, Tom, <laughs> we're on an anime podcast. Don't say gush. <laughs> that that's oh, a sorry. trigger warning. <laughs> have, sorry. You heard, have you seen the gush gush video? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't go to YouTube and don't type in gush gush. Trust me. Uh, don't don't do it. <laughs> but no seriously thank you and shout out to the patrons you guys are awesome we're gonna do some patron exclusive things like you guys can start having a hand in what we do for topics and what we do on the the network and stuff like that so it's gonna be sick okay? much like gendo and the end of evangelion touching ray nick is just gonna make all these like <laughs> blind references like much we like when Shinji, you're gendo <laughs> much like when Shinji pressed play it on his his CD or tape Walkman thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tracks twenty five twenty six over and over again. Yeah, twenty five twenty six. Look, was, let's anyway. let let's. So thank you guys so much. You guys are you guys are fucking awesome. Okay. So yeah, thank you. Um, let's get right into it. Waifu and his bando. Uh, waifu is Asuka Langley Soryu, the fiery redhead, uh, Sundere. Sundu Sunduri. She is like. The pilot of the Sundere. If you th- if you type in Sundere and Google, boom, Asuka. In the dictionary, I'm pretty sure it's She wasn't the first, but she is the most iconic For anime sure. Sundere. The pilot of Unit 2, the second children or the third children. 
whatever they call it in the Netflix one. And uh, his bando is Shinji Ikari, the the distant son of Gendo Ikari. And by distant, I mean like their relationship is distant. It's more of like an estranged. Is that the right word? Estranged. The estranged son. Yeah, that's better. That's way better. Yeah. The estranged son of Shinji Ikari and the pilot of Unit 1 and the catalyst to many things towards the end. Pretty much throughout the whole fucking series, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Shinji is like the focal point of the of the show, but every character, well, all the main cast gets a lot of uh, development and inner dialogue as well. So, but mostly sure. it's about Shinji. Sure. All right. Oh, here's my cue. Give me the cruel angel's tea, sis. Cue the music. <laughs> Dude, shout out to Twitter for giving me that joke. <laughs> I never would have thought of that. That's fucking That's genius. That's fucking funny, dude. Shout That's out to uh, Gaiartu on Twitter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> shout yeah. out, shout out. So, okay, let's start it out. What is Neon Genesis Evangelion? Why are we talking about it? June 21st, 2019, Netflix released uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion TV series and The End of Evangelion to stream before that the license was in limbo as far as streaming is concerned and also like hard copy dvd blu-rays in the in the states you actually can't as far as i'm aware you can't even get an english blu-ray with like subtitles and stuff you just have to get the raw is, is that accurate i think that is no i think that's yep yeah. mm-hmm. um a fan subbers i'm sure have have subbed onto the blu-ray but in any case we finally have a high definition legal option to watch in uh, in the Western world of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And so, yeah, for a number of years, it wasn't available legally, so everyone had to be, you know, you had to sail the high seas or fork up, fork over a lot of money for the Platinum Edition sets or older sets uh, that were worse quality. And that's the only way you could watch it, really. Because yeah. nowadays we got Crunchyroll, we got Hulu, we got all these streaming services, Netflix. Yeah. That's how everyone watches stuff now. Physical media is is kind of on the back burner a little bit, for the most part. For the um, longest time, actually. So I have the the set I have is the the black box with like Ava's face on the back of it. Yeah. And for a while, I actually had Nick's also. So I had two of them. I think I gifted it to Sudi. I think they. I think Sudi still has it. <laughs> oh yeah, Sudi's a bitch. But yeah, like he. I don't. I don't even think he likes. I think he likes Evangelion. I don't remember. But. I am, um, yeah, like I. That's the version I have. Um, I think my cousin Mario does have the platinum one, like the yeah, 2003 one. I have the platinum one. one. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's of course, like silver box. <laughs> Word of advice: Don't lend it to to random ass people because mine has like a tear in the box now. <laughs> it fucking sucks. But yeah, actually, don't lend anything to Nick because he'll hold it for three yeah, years. Dude, and not I still watch have it. your Nadesco VHS. <laughs> dude, give it back. Give it back, or I'll cut you. Yeah, dude, your your Nadesco tapes are just they're just they're just taped over with some masking tape that says sex positions on it. <laughs> God, you fucking 
the fuck out of here. It's Expedition 1987. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. Hidden in the rafters. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, sorry. That's the box that I have. That's the only way yeah, I can consume edition. it. Oh, yeah. you have the other edition. No, I have the black one. Yeah, the the one the ADV ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, ADV is also they also dubbed and subbed the platinum edition, but it's like better yeah, yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, so like until now, platinum edition was basically just about the best you could get in illegal English options. So all the fans basically came from, you know, torrenting and streaming on other sites. So now we have the legal option with Netflix. However, there are some changes. We'll talk about those later, but basically, like, it looks fantastic. There's just some people have some issues with certain aspects of the script and the dub, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. In any case, finally, everybody can watch this classic, this pillar of anime. This is, like, foundational in modern anime, Neon Genesis Evangelion. If you are an anime fan, you have to watch it. It's like it's like Casablanca or Star Wars or The Godfather. It, it's like that level of importance or Jurassic Park or whatever. Like it's just it's it's a pillar, you know. You have to see it. it doesn't have to be I your favorite, that. but you have to see it. I agree with that statement. Um and the, I mean, you can even break up anime, modern anime into <clears throat> into multiple eras. It's like, well, I mean, basically you can break if you really want to simplify it. You can do pre Ava and post Ava. <laughs> There's a lot sure, of great yeah. stuff. There's yeah. a lot of really good stuff that came before even Galleon, Obviously, a lot of classics before it. But I mean, you got I the would, '60s and seven. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, no, sorry. Go ahead. But I was just saying, like, I would like to do like a whole topic on that, like kind of like yeah, like a brief breakdown. Breakdown. What's the bronze, silver? Because it's just like comic books. Right? Yeah, like, comic books. The Bronze Age, the Silver Age. You know, it was, I think it was the, the 80s were like when, the golden age, probably of anime, and then like yeah. the 90s, silver age, something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, and it was like the death of Gwen Stacy that sparked the silver age of comic books. Yeah, because no one had like died in a comic like that. It was crazy. Yeah, so like you got the first couple of ages, like 60s and 70s. You got Astro Boy, you got Mazinger Z, and all these giant robots, kid shows selling toys. Um, the Raimon, yeah. You know, you got the Tokusatsu stuff. God, I mean, Godzilla came before that, but you know, there was more kaiju and Tokusatsu. Gojira. Um, and then you get the 80s with, like, super glossy, expensive animation like Akira and all these OVAs that, that, oh, that, that like, basically one, bankrupted a bunch of studios. <laughs> but it was, like, yeah, so that, impressive. We like, should do a topic on that, too. I'd love to Like, writing Bean that. was, like, the norm for 80s animation. Like, that yeah, was ri- insane. <laughs> <laughs> writing Bean Just, like, awesome. we're just talking about animation, though. Oh, um, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had stuff that would never get made that's, like, not commercially viable, like Angel's Egg. Like... I don't know how that got made, even in the 80s. That's just unreal. Um, <laughs> just watching it, it's like, who did this? There <laughs> like, is literally no audience for that movie, <laughs> but yet it's a masterpiece. Except for me and Nick. Yeah, at the same time, it's a masterpiece. But, yeah, so you had a lot of great stuff before that, and then and then the economic downturn recession hit in the like late 80s, early 90s, and everything just kind of you know ground to a halt. You didn't have a whole lot coming out. And then finally, in 1995, uh, even Gellion came out, and it was the, it was like the first big, original TV anime original, that became like a massive success. Because before that, you had you had to have some kind of, you know, some kind of source material basing it off of a manga like Dragon Ball or Sailor Moon, and which those are great as well. But but this was like a TV original, and really what it did is it it like paved the way for you know, for more experimental TV shows to come out 
like serial experiments, Lane, Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah. You know, crazy stuff like yeah. that. Key to the Metal Idol and Yeah, and there's a ton of stuff. Armitage like, is another kind of weird sci fi one. A ton of stuff might have been too risky to make before Evangelion, but it like it it like really boosted the anime industry like by itself um for mm-hmm. a while. It's it's and it's still huge. There's like trains. <laughs> there's like bullet trains in Japan or whatever <laughs> with Evangelion on them and Oh yeah. They have like a you know, theme park and shit. They got a whole stores for it. Um, I just talked about that on my uh, on my newscast. There's that anime that's getting a, a film now, but it's like a kids anime, and the bullet tra- it's actual bullet trains in Japan that turn into big robots and they fight like the bad guys and shit. Yeah, but one yeah. of them is like a Ava bullet train robot, which is hilarious. But uh, yeah, like that's how you know that's how huge it is. Yeah, so you know, I mean, he's, it was he's a like huge Hello Kitty commercial success. Um, I mean, for for TV original anime, it's obviously not on the level of Dragon Ball or Pokemon. Pokemon is like the biggest single media property, like that's including Western properties. I think, <laughs> which is like sure, nuts. yeah. Pokemon is just massive. Uh, it's like Pokemon, and then like it it beats Star Wars. Like that's how big Pokemon is. But um, right, I mean, even Gellion, as far as was concerned, like it led to a new age of like creativity and a little bit more freedom in anime, going a little bit, you know. They tried to recapture some of the '80s level of freedom, but they didn't have the budget for it. But in any it case, it wasn't, and it wasn't like they raised the bar like higher. They did, but not like super high. They just raised it up a little bit, but made it more wider for more people to go under. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what like, you mean, Sam, because they raised the bar to an impossible level. <laughs> no, I'm, well, definitely, they definitely did. But I mean, that like you were saying is that it gave um, other creators more like. Yeah, because they could point to, to Evangelion. Well, they, they could like point to the producers and be like, "Oh, look at Evangelion. That was a success. Let me make Serial Experiments Lane or whatever." Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. But it made the it made the thing wider for more people to go under. Yeah, is yeah, what I meant. yeah. And so, mm-hmm. especially for like late night TV anime, that it, it, Evangelion like really caused a boom in the late night anime because you know a lot of times before that you'd have the you know the Sazai San, the the long running shows were really well, the bread and butter until then. Um, so yeah, you got a lot more creative after that. And uh, and then like so after Ava's, uh, including the you know the ability to make more shows, it also influenced the shows themselves. So you have like direct influences like Darling in the Franks, you have Razafan, you have a whole number of like other you know mecha shows that all kind of not all but many of them pay homage to it, and then many other shows have have snippets like Plastic Memories has a scene that's like shot for shot, even and, and even Gellian scene. So does. Uh, classroom crisis you know there, there's like a lot of shows that are that that uh riff off and spoof it and they'll have a character mm-hmm. you can like almost there, almost every single season there's a show with with a ray ayanami and asuka character clone <laughs> where it's like you got the blue-haired girl and you got the red-haired girl oh yeah yeah that's from evangelion that's you see the blue-haired girl and the red-haired girl that's that's from evangelion that's what they're copying <laughs> um <laughs> it's crazy and then, yeah and any kind of like "Quote unquote wimpy protagonist is like a Shinji clone, even though they don't do right. those very often nowadays. A lot of a lot of them are like Kirito clones now. So, um, right. Well, I would say Midoriya is kind of like that, but he's really not. Oh yeah, Midoriya is actually kind of like a Shinji. In terms of like anxiety and anxiousness, then that's yeah, actually a really like, good example. I didn't even think of that. He's definitely more a little bit more brave and more willing to like, you know. But that's also another flaw of his is that he thinks before. Yeah, yeah. Or he does before he thinks. But anyway, yeah. They don't really do that anymore that much. He's soft-spoken Otherwise. like Shinji. <laughs> soft-spoken. Um, 
but yeah, so you have a lot of these, a lot of these influences. Uh, not to mention like scenes, like even even outside of anime, like Invader Zim had a scene where there's like they're running, you know, the Evangelion run as it turns the corner and, and runs straight at you. They they've done that. Um, mm. There's a ton of them. Like a one hour photo with Robin Williams. He was a huge Evangelion fan. Although he pronounced it wrong in the movie. I don't know if he was trolling us or what, but <laughs> No, I think that's actually how he thought it was pronounced. Well, but yeah, he was actually yeah, a big yeah. I mean, as a we lot said of people on this podcast before. It like evangelical is the English word, you know, evangelize, that type of thing. And so people that's think based, it's Evangelion. It's but in yeah. the dub, in every single version of the dub, and even in the show, they pronounce it Evangelion. Right. So that's the correct way to say it. If you say Evangelion, you're you're a slob. <laughs> Peanut butter evangelie. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, so basically it had, you know, this show has a really far-reaching influence, and it, it also pulls a lot of influence from the past where you have the the direct things that, that influenced it, inspired it, were uh, you had Devilman, Space Runaway Ideon, Mobile Suit Gundam, Ultraman, kaiju shows like Godzilla, and then you had a couple Western things, Andromeda Strain mm-hmm. and Space Odyssey. So mm-hmm. you had a whole bunch of stuff that influenced Evangelion, and that's kind of, you know, that's this is just gonna, giving you a little bit of background on it. So the, the creator of Neon Genesis Evangelion was um, a guy named Hideaki Anno. He was, he was kind of a second-generation otaku. He was a guy who grew up in the 70s and 80s, uh, you know, key animator for Macross and Nausicaa after he was noticed because he he basically got kicked out of college for not paying his tuition because he was such a he was such like a rebel that he didn't (laughs) he didn't want to do things you know the normal way and because he was so obsessed with animation and he so he he dropped out of college to animate daikon 3 and daikon 4 which are these animated shorts with uh some (laughs) they basically they took what what uh song was that it's not radio it's um they took a Western song that they didn't get the rights for, so like you, they can't actually release Daikon Four because they don't have the rights for the song. But mm. it, Mother's Basement did a really good video on this. That's that's really like emotional. <laughs> like I was like tearing up a little bit watching it because Daikon Four is you know Hideyano and and other staff that eventually formed Studio Gainax. They did they did Daikon, and this was a short that had just incredible animation and it borrowed. You know, it borrowed properties and, and characters from all over, from like the West, from comics, from Japan, and they they were just like running around doing crazy shit, and like it's really really well animated for considering it was just done by a bunch of guys like you know in a garage basically. Or the yeah, they was making garage. they was they was trying to like do fucking paint um cells on the fucking floor. Yeah, they were doing it on shit. the floor with like, like <laughs> with like a fucking camera above it, and then they were just snapping. Yeah, they, they were just such fanatics that they made it happen, and it still looks really good today. And that Daikon influenced um, Gainax as a whole, really. Like, I think uh, fully cool. Like, I don't know where the the Playboy Bunny outfit is like what she was wearing, basically. And that's like a moment of contention with like some licensing or you know copyright type stuff. I don't know how because it's like it's just a bunny suit. Mm-hmm. But in any case, so you had Daikon, which led to him meeting or Hayao Miyazaki was the one who brought in Hideaki Anno to help animate on Nausicaa not Nausicaa mm. the Valley of the Wind that's like the pre-Ghibli movie which is it's basically Pre-Gibs. Ghibli but it's not technically under that studio name um 
So yeah, Hideaki Anno, he's a really good animator. He also did work on Macross. And uh, yeah, he, after that, he formed Studio Gainax with a bunch of his fellow otaku. And so Studio Gainax was just this really, you know, it was like the first of its kind, basically, as far as anime studios, because it was just formed by essentially like fans, like fanatics. And like the, the old studios like Toei, right? Yeah, Toei. I think Madhouse was pretty old as well. You had these big studios. Tatsunoko was another big yeah, one that Tatsunoko. was old. Yeah, and and you had to go through all this, all this like red tape and business bullshit to you know to get a studio. And Gainax just formed because they were that dedicated and that good. And so they made, they made a number of uh, of actually classics, classic OVAs movies. They did uh, Wings of Hanamat. I can never pronounce this. Royal Space Force Wings of Honiames. They did uh, Top Noir Gunbuster, which we did a review on. They also did Otaku no Video, Nadia the Secret of Blue Water. And those were all before Evangelion in the, you know, the mid late 80s, early 90s. And this was, you know, still when Japan was in their kind of their economic bubble. Mhm. That's kind of like the 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 prehistory to Evangelion. And then what happened is Hideaki Anno eventually fell into like this big depression after uh after Nadia and after like a failed Honiames, I think they were trying to make a sequel or like a redo of it. Not redo, like a sequel, I think. And so he fell into this big depression. Like he didn't know where to, what to do, where to go. Like, where is he going with his life and everything? This was in the early nineties. And then eventually he decided to start work on, on a new script for a show, new storyboards. And uh, this was Evangelion. And he basically, like, in his words, he wanted to burn his feelings of depression into film. And that's what Evangelion is. So this is kind of where it's all coming from. And most anime are not, they're very, um, what's the word? Like, they're very corporate and very, just trying to sell you some toys and merchandise, you know. They're just trying to churn yeah, it out, how, right? Yeah, that's how it was for America, too, you know. With yeah, Ninja most media is like sharks that. And, just trying to churn a new yeah. thing out. Transformers, yeah. And, you know, of course, creators do have passion, but, like, they're oftentimes held back by a bunch of red tape and producers telling them what to do and everything. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, even Galleon was, was born out of Hideaki Anno's, like, mental state, basically. So he, he and Studio Gainax, like, they, cr- they went to work creating it. 1995 came out, huge success. And then we go from there. Like we can we can describe <laughs> basically what it is uh, at this point. <laughs> this is like a kind of a big background there. I guess mm-hmm. we should also mention the staff of Evangelion. This they had a really crazy like all star staff with so you had Hideaki Anno, you had Yoshiki Sadamoto, Hiroyuki Yamaishi, Yo-Yo Shinari, Shiro Sagisu as the music, and then you you also had other names just in there helping out like Junichi Sato, Mahiro Maeda. Hiroshi Kato, like you had all these, all these super talented people working on this one show, and it, you know, it turned out to be a classic, and in my opinion, a masterpiece. And this, that's just all what went into Evangelion. I'm just kind of giving the spiel here. So, mm-hmm. I've been talking for a while. <laughs> Sam, do you wanna, do you wanna like give any other input or any kind of cool anecdotes or? Um, no, you covered it. Like I was, <laughs> I was, I was gonna interject, but you covered basically this shit I was gonna say. Like, I mean, the the, the I think um, that's a good segue though. Was the last thing you said was um, 
he wanted to burn his feelings into the show. And um, that's really like, I mean, like, you know, it, it has the mecha tag, right, on Mal and whatever else, wherever other info you may find. But it really is all of that, those those things and like the angels and the avas and uh nerve and all that is is that setting is secondary to like what's really what it really is about and uh it's really about those kinds of struggles and the relationships we have with other humans and things like that and most of that can be summarized with like shinji's story by itself but we also get treated to like ray's story and who she really is, you know, Oscar and like wanting to be recognized all the time instead of like, she needs the validation instead of just believing in herself, you know, which is also can be a big issue for. Oh, you're going uh, straight anyone. into the themes. <laughs> I guess. No, sorry. We I just wanted like to say a, just a real quick elevator. Yeah, yeah, pitch. Sorry. Sorry. I just wanted to say that like that it's, it's mostly about that. And like the, the Ava's and, cool robot shit is awesome and it makes it way better. But oh yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah don't but let, anyway. don't let the mecha fool you. This is not, this is not Gundam. You don't have like Tomino just writing a bunch of crazy nonsensical dialogue. It's, you know, this is like an art house. Yeah. Ava is basically an art house film or an art film in the form of a TV show. It might not seem like it at first because you have giant robots, right? You you don't have a bunch of French people eating bagels and whatever. You have <laughs> French people eating <laughs> or Germans, I guess. That's probably because German had a lot of art house stuff way back when. But like, this is a very aesthetically um, unique and powerful show with with very strong directing and like a sense of where it wants to be in every single scene which a lot of media and especially anime don't have. Um, that's why I call it art house or like an art type, an art film. Cause everything is meticulously planned. Even, even when they had production, you know, timing issues and like, it wasn't so much like a low budget. This is kind of a tangent, but like everyone says that even Galleon had a low budget at the end. They didn't have a low budget. If anything, they even had a above average budget if anything, but later on in the production, they were time crunched. So, that caused them to get creative and actually and actually make make the show even better in some ways. You might not have had, you know, the perfect openings episodes of the show in the later episodes, but what you got was 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 something that was great. You know, creativity is born from um is born from limitations, right? Mm-hmm. You know I definitely saying? agree with that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where this show comes from. And you got to realize it's a TV show. It's not a Ghibli movie. You're not going to have spirited away level animation <laughs> every minute of the film or of the TV show. That's just not how it works. Yeah, Evangelion is, it is an art. It is just like a piece of art, really. That's what it is. I don't want to, I don't want to like mince words about it. It's not just a giant right. robot show. It's not just a bunch of people. You know, it's it's not what it seems at first, right? Yeah, like like it has those tags, but like, if anything, it's more of like a like a psychological drama kind of. Yeah, psychological. There we go. That's that's a great way to describe it. I think that's actually a tag. (laughs) But to just like go over the synopsis real quick, you know, it takes place in 
I mean, it's kind of funny to hear it now, but like the it takes place in 2015. <laughs> yeah, the distant future of 2015. Um, 15 years after a global cataclysm known as Second Impact, uh, Shinji Ikari is summoned to the futuristic city of Tokyo 3 by his estranged father, Gendo Ikari, director of the Special Paramilitary Force Nerve. Shinji witnesses United Nations forces battling an angel, which I think is uh, Satchiel. Yeah, Satchiel is the technically the it's the first angel we see, but it's technically the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of a race of giant monstrous beings whose awakening was foretold by the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, and all of that. Okay, all of the lore and techno babble and mum, you know mumbo jumbo about angels, Dead Sea Scrolls, Sele, Nerve, all this stuff is not that important. Like Sam, you mentioned that earlier. It's just window dressing. It's just it's just aesthetics. Right. It 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 mostly has to do with. Um, it is. It, it does fit together. It does make sense. It's coherent. But well, yeah. It, it mostly has <laughs> yeah. to do with the way the story ends more than and how it yeah. how it builds up to that ending. Because Neon Genesis Evangelion, it literally translates to like the new beginning. It's like of dawn of the, a new age or something. Yeah, the good news of the new century or something, or the gospel of the it new translates century. translates to, you're worthy of my grace. <laughs> you're worthy of my grace, yeah. Um, so, like, Shout I mean, yeah, it does, it does have a ton of um, Kabbalah, Christianity, and Judaism yeah. uh, symbolism, but we're not going to dive into those. If you want to know more about that, we can link in the show notes. Um, if you just, if you search for Wisecrack Evangelion on YouTube, they did a 20-minute video about the about the symbolism of it. Um, yeah, actually, he, that's funny. he breaks yeah. it down really quick and easy, actually. That's kind of what they, that's what they do, but that video is not a fan video. It, it, that video does not describe why Evangelion is good, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he's just breaking down it the... Describes, it describes the what, not the why, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're not going to dive into that too much. We're just, we just want to talk about the show itself. Yeah, and we'll, um, we'll give shout-outs to other videos, too. Like, there's a lot of Evangelion content, like Ava Geeks has been going on for many many years right you know but obviously keep those things in mind as we talk about certain things later down the line but yeah that's basically it and um shinji is summoned to nerve tokyo three is under attack by angels yes by angels and humanity has to defend itself with evangelion these are giant robots and they only can be piloted by 14 year old children (laughs) Which is itself kind of a spoof on Gundam and you know older robot shows. Yeah, it's just like an anime trope convention. A lot of it was like Anno wanted to wanted to kind of point that out and and subvert a lot of those tropes, right? And it makes sense in the story because like they they're you know the the children are the only ones who can synchronize with the Avas and and you know have them accept you know and able to pilot it. So an adult wouldn't be able to pilot it. And this is yeah. this is very common in anime. You know, most anime takes place with teenagers, so they need an excuse for that. <laughs> but basically, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, they're defending Tokyo Three from the angels. It at the end of the day, it's like a coming of age story. It's a story about finding your self identity and self worth, and letting go of like self hatred and, and and all this stuff. It's about people connecting to each other. And you know, getting over their their uh, hangups and depression, and and you know, in the ADV dub, Shinji says, "I mustn't run away." That's a big theme mm-hmm. of it. And he, and Hideyano said that to himself. He's like, he wanted to make a story about not running away because he felt like he was running away, you know, after Nadia. Yeah, because he literally did. Like during the production of Nadia, he left. 
for a number of episodes <laughs> and it actually yeah. really hurt that production so yeah that's like that's like the core of it is like the site the psyches of all these characters especially shinji but you know all the main ones the robots the evangelions and angels you know the world building is all well and good it's actually really well done we can talk about like you know the initial exposition of the first episode and it's more but then like then at the end of the day it's it's more so it's a it's a metaphor about how yeah. about how Shinji gets over these cataclysmic things and how he's yeah. like you, you know you have this it. like apocryphal imagery you have these eldritch horrors attacking but it's all a metaphor for you know psychology for for yourself you know getting over you know hangups and like being able to to live in the world that's what it is if you think about it it's not stated directly in the show. Um, this is my take on it, <laughs> but think about no, it. No, but though. I agree with that. It makes a I lot of sense. Like it's it it perfectly fits in, right? You know, they're piloting the angels, or not the angels. They're piloting the the Evangelions, and the the symbolism there is it's very, it's 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 obvious when you think about it. Yeah. So I don't know if we want to get into. Do you have another like, uh, thing you wanted to mention really quick before we get into more? No, no, I think I'm good. I think I didn't want to get too much into the summary too much. Yeah, obviously yeah. it's like a. Um, I kind of rolled over you there for a minute. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect because, like, you know what? The Evangelion's a monster. There's not really a good way to attack this unless we. Yeah. You know, but like it's our favorite anime. You know, it's my favorite. Like I often talk about. Hell yeah, it's mine too, how, dude. It's number one. Look, I'm not going to apologize here, about yeah. it either. Like, look, a lot of people like timidly say that they like Evangelion. They're like, well, sorry, but I like Evangelion. No, no, no. Fuck that. This this is gonna bother this is gonna piss people off when I say this, but this is the best T V anime ever made. Period. That's my personal opinion, but it doesn't get better. You know, you can have stuff. I feel that's like, like if I think about it, that's I could as fight good you in, on in it. different ways. Well, yeah. The, the thing but is, but I don't. I don't think I can. It is. That's an absurd statement to make for the first for the first thing because like, <laughs> you you can't compare this across genres to like a comedy or you know historical different types of shows, right? Sure. It's not fair to compare it to Nietzsche Joe or or whatever. I'm making a, you know throw something in there, but as far as like how well it's crafted. And the themes of it, like the depth of it, the breadth of it, like the world building, the characters, like just like the raw emotional appeal to it. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, nothing really beats it in terms of like overall quality. Mm-hmm. There's different shows that might have one aspect that's better or maybe even two. But like overall, like this is it, it has the most points for me. So um, I agree with you. I'm with you yeah. on that. I, can, I don't know if I can fight you on it. To be honest. <laughs> like, you don't I have to agree. I mean, you can you can have a different favorite show. That's perfectly fine. Um, I, but but I I don't got the time to think about it right now because I'm just gonna keep going back to like <laughs> that one scene where this happened and that yeah, was yeah. amazing and you know. I mean, but, and, and don't get me wrong. There's other anime that are, that are really great, and and Evangelion is not perfect. There are some flaws, right? It's not a perfect show. Just because I'm saying it's the best, it's not perfect. But right, if you call yourself an anime fan, you have to watch it. And actually, even if you're a fan of just cinema, you have to watch it because it's mm. so well directed. Like the directing is is really you know, underappreciated sometimes of the show. Like if you look at this, let's, let's talk about the first few episodes, right? Yeah. Let's it's, do it. They're like pitch perfect. If you watch those, it, I think this has the best first episode in any anime, anime that I've ever seen. Like it's, it's so good. You don't even think about it. Cause like your favorite anime, you're like, yeah, it's my favorite, but you know, let's talk each episode. How are, how do those fit? But like, as far as the first episode goes, we can point to, there's some YouTube videos. Digibro actually made a, 
you know, 10 killer cuts in Evangelion Episode 1. He goes through a couple of episodes showing... It's a good video. You know, how the directing informs the narrative and the world building of the characters. And Episode 1 is just... It's just like an absolute classic. Like, it's, it perfectly brings you in. There's no exposition dumps, info dumps, nothing like that. It's just... And some of those scenes, too, in that first episode are are reminiscent of some Godzilla scenes, too, of, like, some yeah, of the absolutely. original movies. And actually... To show kind of the... The like the vast uh, space that there is to work with in the the yeah. area that they're that the action's in. Well, they're they're showing the like the setting, right? The city, and you get yep. a sense of place. Like me, like we talked about in Spirited Away, you have a sense of place in this world because you know where things are. Basically, there's like maps, there's you know just wide shots of things. And uh, yeah, you could you could build a fucking model and a map out of it. Yeah, and, and like, for a lot of shows, you can't really do work. that. But no, you can't. For yeah. this one, even from episode one, you get that, and you get a sense, you, you get like this weight and gravity of like this giant monster is attacking the city, and every time it moves, it's just like this huge, you know, shock wave or, or explosion, and it really feels heavy every time it happens, right? A lot of shows don't feel like, a lot of shows are really floaty, like they don't animate it as well, but based on the all star staff of the show, they were able to, mm-hmm. to create that, especially, I mean, even the Netflix version looks phenomenal. Like they took the best possible, you know, like appearance and animation and they, they touched it up and everything. And it looks great. So mm-hmm. watch the first episode and it'll hook you in. It's so good. And like, the, you know, the, she, the scene with Shinji on the bridge with, you know, the, the, the light turns on and Ava is right there or unit one is right there. It's just like this ominous you know, scary looking robot. Right. <laughs> and she, that like, scene is he like screams when he first sees it. <laughs> that scene is particularly important because then it gives you a sense of size and the scale of what yeah, they're these dealing are, with. These are super robots. Basically they're not, they're not like there's different categories of giant of Mecca, right? You get the super robots, you get the super, du- super de duper robots like Gunbuster and uh Gurren Lagann. Those are even bigger, but like, this is like, skyscraper size basically that's how big the Evangelions yeah. are it's the size huge. of skyscraper yeah. they're not they're not uh mobile suit gundam i think gundams are smaller than this they are and then you then you have like power armor that's like personal thing that's not technically but anyway are they as big as a titan Evangelions? like it's from that Attack depends on, titan? on the titan because there's different sized titans <laughs> oh yeah there's different sized titans <laughs> i Shout out I, to another I, great I remember show, seeing uh, titan. <laughs> yeah i remember seeing uh um, a size chart thing that somebody made based on like data that's given on, you know, they're pretty big. They're, they're up there actually. They're huge. Yeah. Ava's are pretty huge. There's things that are bigger than it, obviously, but yeah. And, um, and yeah. unlike a lot of super robot shows, these aren't like all powerful, invincible, you know, beat every bad guy with one punch with one rocket punch or whatever. <laughs> they, uh, rocket justice punch. Go. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they're actually plugged in with a giant cord, like a, basically like a giant electrical cord. <laughs> and they, cause, cause it, they require so much power. Like you really get a sense of, of, of how, you know, massive these are at one. I believe in some iterations, they call that cord, the umbilical cord. Yeah, also, basically it is, way. but yeah. it's plugged into their back. But yeah. So yeah. they actually have to, in one episode, they have to sap the entire power of Japan just to fire took, yeah, a giant yeah. rifle <laughs> to kill one of the angels. <laughs> But like that's that's it's just awesome. to give you the the scale of it, right? So right. and every time they they run, you, it's like these massive stomps. It like destroys concrete. You see, you know, collapsing debris and everything, and it's you know it's really 
really well animated. And, and then you get these iconic shots like episode one where the, uh, I think this is even before like Shinji is introduced. You have Satchel is, the, is that angel that's attacking it. It's really, it's a really recognizable angel. You'll know it when you see it. I think it actually has some of the most merchandise too. But like it, it comes in and it's like floating. It's like it's creepily floating a little bit. <laughs> and you get the, you get all these military guys, you know, these military factions, organizations, shooting at it with with tanks, with helicopters, with giant missiles. At one point, a huge missile fires at it. Satchel just sticks out its arm and just fucking splits it in half. And the he way he puts it in, th- in he well he puts yeah. his fingers on it and it splits it in four pieces. Yeah, but it just it just stiff arms a missile basically. <laughs> yeah, down and down the missile mind. If you watch like, AMVs, so it, yeah. like you'll see that in AMVs, it's really really it, cool. It sticks in your mind. His muscles like flex a little bit and then it just yeah, breaks yeah. into three or four pieces. Yeah, these these are actually almost more biological than mechanical. Like the the angels and the avas, especially like all of them. They have like armor mm-hmm, yeah. and stuff, but yeah, yeah, they have an armor and the the to keep their mouths closed. They have a jaw brace. Yeah, um, but you can but still yeah. pilot them like as if they're a robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- when your soldiers are and, synced up, and and yeah, it's like this. It's just really, really well shot, and the world building is, it, it, again, it's just perfect. Like the way it's it's handled in in those first four episodes, first six episodes, really. Actually, it's another first, like, another 10, reason you know? why the their children is the reason why they can pilot it was the best is because of the kind of programming that's in like the system, you know, and they're meant to be the child is meant to be like a um a, a child in a, the womb, and the Ava is meant to be yeah, like that's the, a symbolism. I think the Wisecrack video goes in on that, and a lot of people the Wisecrack video that. does go yeah. into that, yeah. But I just thought that's a cool thing, and that that's becomes very, why it has uh, to be children. <laughs> it becomes very. Um, overt later in the series too like we, we, i don't want to spoil exactly like specific plot points we can give general spoilers but i, I want people to watch it right i don't want to just be like oh this happens or whatever this character dies oh, or whatever sure. you know or for sure my is thing is twist, people you know? watching it and then watching it a second time and see what they miss because that's like dude i watched I it like half a dozen times already I've seen it definitely half a dozen times, and sometimes I still find myself it gets better. seeing little things. Like, it literally there. gets it better the more you watch it. <laughs> it really does. I'm yeah. not even going to, like... Because I know you... some listeners out there are going to be like, oh, Simon Nick is just agreeing on everything again. But it's like, <laughs> it's Evangelion, man. Like, I don't know how to say it. Dude, but, I, like... Yeah, I don't understand how people don't see the greatness of this show. I don't get it. Like, that's just irredeemable to me if you can't see how good this is. It doesn't have to be your favorite, but, like, if you can't even admit that it's great then man i don't know what to tell you <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's some crazy also, pills right there also the typical thing too is like the one of the typical things about ava that people have especially with people who haven't seen it because they don't want to feel left out or whatever is they'll say that getting the robot shinji joke yeah get, get like, in the robot shinji because the joke is that shinji is a pussy that he's he's a wimp right He's yeah. not. He's not yeah. a power fantasy Kirito, you know, super duper powerful, no flaws guy. You know, right? And it's just like, <laughs> like, because like his dad calls him there, and it's, that's part of the first episode um, too. Is um, his dad when he gets called there, and he's like, "Well, if you're not gonna get in it, then we're just gonna have Ray get in it." And Ray comes out like on a stretcher. You know, and she's already like, yeah, that scene is so good, mission. man. They're on the bridge, man, and Gendo's standing above them, and like the light, the you know, the TV static is reflecting off his glasses, and you see Shinji's face and all these in all the screens, right? This is why this is why it's an art house 
uh, production, right? Because it's like these scenes are so well directed and, and crafted. Like you, you can't just make that on a whim. It's so it's it's it was every it was shot put together. Yeah, it was yeah. put together very carefully. Every like shot a, is meticulous. Like a, it's not like just back and forths. You know, it's, it's not just you know a flat shot from here to there. It's it's very creative. Yeah, there's a reason why this the the where the, the camera angle and the background is the way it is where the character is standing at a particular spot. You know what I mean? Like th- there's a reason yeah. why it is the way it is. It's, it's really fucking cool. And what's really cool but is I mean, like th- that actually helps them on their budget too, because they can, they can, they can carefully place, you know, characters artfully around the screen <laughs> and have like the background right. perfectly fit. And then they don't actually have to animate as much except in the battles and that type of thing. And they still do animate. They still, especially in the Netflix version, it still looks very, very good. This looks better if you watch this on Netflix, it looks better than than modern anime. Period. That's a bold statement, Cotton. <laughs> well, this is the net, you got to realize though. This is the touched up version. This isn't actually the stuff that aired in TV in 1995. They no, they it does look it really up. nice though. Yeah, yeah. There's a when Misato goes and picks up Shinji in episode one in the beginning, and she's like backing out, it's like speeding backing out. It looks so good. Like it's just yeah. If you did that nowadays, it'd be the, like it'd be like a CG car. It'd be like fucking clunky and. <laughs> It's like you know. all the dirt from all the dirt is like flying off her car that, that fell on it. Yeah, really and good. Evangelion still, you know, it was a cell animated show, right? So a lot of people are going to be turned off by that. It doesn't have the, it doesn't have the super ultra bright colors, you know, of the stuff nowadays. Not everything is in is is digitally animated, but there's a charm to the cell animation, and this legitimately is, you know, as far as TV cell animation, this is just about the peak, right? Because because about five, you know, five to seven to eight years after this is when everything went digital. So mm-hmm. this was like really the end of that, near the end of the cell animation era. And so they've they've really and, and you know you have these gods of animation like Yo-Yo Shinari and Hiroki Maishi and Hideaki Anno like animating this. <laughs> it's just like it's so good. But yeah, like those first episodes will draw you in. It's it's uh, very well done. Do we want to get into like the? kind of like the arcs and the themes just like as a broad stroke yeah yeah talk about Let's the end of the, the movie end of evangelion a couple of the controversies um yeah so why don't you like run down the last two episodes real quick and then we can okay so the show goes on it starts out you have sort of like a monster of the week format a little bit but it's not quite it it, it is different from that right away especially like you'll watch episode four right and i think hideaki ano he got I don't remember who it was. I, I I looked it up, I couldn't find it again, but he got he got another staff member to help him create episode four and like direct it. I forgot who it was. Someone's screaming at their <laughs> screaming at the at the podcast right now. They know who it is. But episode four, you can really tell. It's it's very like bizarre and and slow. That's that's the hedgehog's dilemma, I believe. That's where Shinji's running away. Yep. And that that's when you really know this isn't this is definitely not just just another you know robot, you know, monster of the week type of show. And so the show goes on and you, the first half you you introduce Ray, you introduce Misato, Asuka comes in later and you you fight various angels every, basically once an episode. And at a certain point you get to this you get, you get to a turning point, right? Where Shinji is swallowed up by one of the angels and he has to confront his his psyche inside of the uh, Ava. And I won't spoil exactly what happens, but it's very symbolic and 
very moody too. Like the the music to that perfectly fits it. We didn't mention the music, but this has a really great soundtrack. Probably one of the best in anime. And Shinji, you know, there's a lot of like symbolism in the trains. So, like Shinji's sitting on a train. There's red lighting. It's like his own personal hell, his own purgatory. He's t- he's. It's because the color palette is that way too. It's yeah, like it's red. You and got like dark, these fisheye yeah. lenses on his eyeballs, and like different characters are, are flashing in his mind. And it's like this really trippy sequence. And if you watch it, you know, if you watch it on drugs, you'd be like, "Wow, that's that's nuts." So like, you know, you get to this point, and it and it just gets nuts. Like the the show, like every everything starts breaking down. All the characters are going through all this trauma. Like each and every one of them is just getting the shit kicked out of them, <laughs> like mentally and physically. Right? The angels get progressively stronger and stronger, and they get closer and closer to their goal. Because the, the, basically, the angel's goal is to get to, um, oh, what's it called? Adam, which is like the original angel. They're getting to like this black moon. They're trying to. They're trying to start another third impact, right? They're trying yeah, to they're basically. Trying to to, they're trying to get to Lilith, yeah, in Terminal Dogma. Yeah, and, and restart the world. That's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. They start another apocalypse. Yeah. So and ter- yeah, Terminal Dogma and and Nerve. That's what they're they're covering. You know, they have this huge fortress this is another cool part of the world building is tokyo 3 the buildings are are basically there for the avas to use like you have a giant gun that's like a skyscraper has a giant rifle inside of it (laughs) and it just pulls it out and shoots it they have the buildings go upside down though so like you know nerve is underground tokyo 3 the buildings they you know at nighttime or if they're you know under attack they can they can sink the buildings underneath the ground and you know, to protect from the angel attacks. And that's really cool. Like the, the setting is just very memorable. So, you, you know, the angels get progressively stronger. Everyone's getting more fucked up, more psychological damage at some, you know, at certain points, like all these characters are just like, can barely even function. And, and, you know, not only, you know, as, to fight the angels, but with themselves and each other. And it's just, it's very um, like visceral and raw and emotional. Right. Mm-hmm. You get, you get Ritsuko's story with her mom. Like, everyone has very, like, crazy parent issues. Shinji has his dad issue and even arguably an Oedipal complex. And then, you know, Asuka, she saw her mom die and kill herself. Uh, Misato has a, has a dad issue. You know, Ritsuko has her mother issue as well. It's it's crazy. But it, it, it's not, like, in your face, too. The, the way they, they handle it is very – it's just very well done. So – you get to a point where it's just like the shit is hitting the fan. The angels are getting closer and closer. Finally, we, you get to these last few episodes, right? You meet, I don't want to, I, I guess I don't want to spoil exactly what happens, but Shinji meets a character, right? And he thinks that, that this character is, you know, is everything. And, and he thinks th- this character is finally, you know, opening up Shinji's eyes that like Shinji is worthy of love, right? And <laughs> we get into the Netflix translation later. And and Shinji starts to see that he, that he has value, right? And then it turns out that I don't want to spoil exactly what happens, but it turns out there's another angel attack in the midst of this, and shit really hits the fan. Shinji just goes, he just goes nuts. Like he he has to do something he doesn't want to do. And then the last mm-hmm. two episodes happen, right? So the last two episodes of the TV series were very controversial. A lot of the fans hated them. They sent death threats to Hideakiano. They you know, so spray painted it on the studio. Yeah, yeah, and they use that footage in the end of Evangelion movie. They use some of that, like some of the letters, I think. Yeah. So the ending of the series is it all takes place in Shinji's mind. You get this huge climactic battle, episode twenty-four, and you know it ends like 
really cool. There's like a Beethoven symphony playing. <laughs> it's there's like this still shot that's super famous with with you know the Ava with an outstretched arm and you have God, do it. Do you have any idea how much that how much that frame would cost <laughs> if you tried to oh, buy God. that like the sell of that? Holy shit! I want to know now. <laughs> that's probably mm-hmm. like super expensive. But anyway, they uh, so so it's taking place in Shinji's mind. Human instrumentality is happening, which. Do you want to explain human instrumentality? It's 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 kind of complicated, but it's sort it of really, like the book of Revelations or like another apocalypse, sort of like they're It basically is the the plan to rebirth the world and by uh turning into the way they do it is by activating an impact or third impact. Yeah, and, um, and humanity's sh- consciousness all melds together in like a primordial soup. Yeah, because like reborn. so, from the 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 Big Bang theory or whatever is that we all kind of came from cells that evolved into from primordial soup is what they call it. Yeah, and, uh, and basically the plan is to turn everyone back into that, and then that's the plan. Yeah. yeah, and and this was and this is actually kind of hinted at and said earlier on in the show, like that's Gendo's plan is instrumentality, and and Sele is instrumentality. That's what they want. So, mm-hmm. well, it's part of Gendo's goal. His other goal is to get with get back together with his dead wife, which. She mm-hmm. she plays an integral role in the story. I don't want to spoil exactly how, but Shinji is often, uh, you know, he's often like conversing with her in his mind, right? And it's 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 really cool how that's handled. So human instrumentality is happening, and Shinji's in his own head, right? Thinking of you know, thinking of all that that he's seen and and learned and done, and and all these characters' interactions with him, and how to communicate, how to exist in this world, and that's basically what those episodes are. It, it just takes place like that. It's not a battle climax. It doesn't resolve a lot of like the, you know, the plot threads and the character arcs. So that's why people don't like it. Um, but with that combined with the end of Evangelion does resolve most of the arcs and everything. And the, and the threads, all the rebuilds are doing a little more in any case, the, the last two episodes are essential and they are really good. If you look at it from the perspective of just, this is Shinji's, um, you know, climax, right? He's like learning how to be a human and how to like live, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. he's coming to terms with all this stuff. And then there's the, there's a lot of memes from this too uh, at the end where I'll just, <laughs> there's the con- con- congratulations. That's a, that's a meme that comes from this. I don't want to say how it happens, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, uh, it's actually kind of like emotional at the end too. If you think about it, like all these characters are learning everything. About it definitely themselves. is. One hundred percent is yeah. So like people were because mad about it's kind of ra- it, it's kind of wrapping up like the characters' uh, internal struggles, and then Shinji's kind of like the last one to do it. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so you get those two episodes. And Ano go Ano gets really mad and gets it goes into like another mini depression, I think. And then he makes End of Eva, and this the End of Evangelion movie is kind of it's 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 almost meta because it's kind of a big fuck you to fandom uh otaku to the world basically because it's it's a, it's a really angry movie right because you have the plot threads resolve in end of eva and it, it it's really complicated it's hard to explain almost but there are it's like sele and maybe you can explain it better than i could I'm trying to get the plot is together. the plot of end of Ava. Just like a very broad idea. I mean, yeah. So the, the, the basically the, the shadowy committee Sele that Gendo works with, um, they were intending to use nerve the whole entire time to, 
to um, execute the human instrumentality project. And um, because of all the stalling that Gendo was doing and all this other stuff that went wrong, um, Asuka's in a coma and things like that from a previous episode, they decide to dispatch the Japanese Strategic Self-Defense Force to seize control of Nerve, basically killing everyone on site. And it's actually really kind of hard to watch. It's third impact. That part right? of it. Third, this is that's what this is. Yeah. Third impact. Yes. Yeah. The end of Evangelion is is in short, basically third impact. The way it goes down though is not how Gendo and Saley intended it to go down, but it goes down nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil like the especially the second half of the movie because the first half is pretty uh, cut and dry. Like they're getting infiltrated. The uh, what are the what are the white angels called again? Are they, they're the like mass production ma- model? Mass angels. production models. They yeah. So there's this they thing that upon they descend Asuka and like try to kill her. There's this thing that Nerve created called the dummy plug or the dummy system, and they it is to activate should a pilot not be able to perform uh, their duties as the pilot. So these mass production avas are there's nine of them. They basically all use that system. They're, they don't need to yeah. be piloted. They have one goal in mind, and that goal is to to help uh, trigger and start human instrumentality along with um, the yeah. fusion of Adam and Lilith. So they're, they're trying to start human instrumentality, third impact. Um, you have Gendo and Ray. Gendo's trying to trigger Ray. <laughs> I, got, I don't want to <laughs> – the thing is I don't want to spoil exactly what happens. Um, it's really yeah. You really don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's really it's cool of, if if you see it, especially without the spoilers. But even if even if you know what's happening, it's still really cool. And and you can discover like <clears throat> like what Gendo was was after. He wanted to reunite with his dead wife. Um, you get the you get Misato's last scene with Shinji. You get you know you get Asuka battling for her life. She's just like going nuts and going berserk. Really cool battle scene with her. You get Shinji just going nuts. <laughs> yeah, and then like more actually, stuff happening, like flashing images. You get real life images too. You get it's it's just like it's crazy. It is. It's a it's a trip. It's an experience, I would say almost. And then you get this very iconic song that plays when third impact happens and like this really iconic imagery that's it's if you've seen let's just say if you've seen uh Devil Man, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, there's a couple of shows that like that kind of borrow from this, although the Evangelion borrowed from Devil Man, which borrowed me. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's a very uh, memorable scene that sticks in your head when Third Impact happens. It's really cool, and it it wraps up like all the arcs. And then Shinji has to decide: does he want to live in this world or does he want to reject it? Right? And yes. in the TV series, I think he, I think he decided to to live. Right. Mm-hmm. And in even end of Evangelion, he decided to re- to reject it, but then he also decided to live. <laughs> and you're not quite sure. <laughs> um, you get like these different scenarios, like these different almost dream sequences with with Shinji deciding, right? Because he's up there with Unit One doing doing crazy shit, and it's it's very complicated. That there's there's a part with with Asuka where Shinji's like choking her, and it's the question is like what what really happened, and you know how do these characters you know, actualize, you know, what, what they wanted to do in life. Did, did Shiji want to live or, or what? Like it, it's, it's the way it's handled is really cool. So there are a lot of videos on YouTube that describe all this in detail. We've already kind of got lost in the weeds a little bit. 
So mm-hmm. we can link some in the show notes. I'll link a couple. I think um, Goat Jesus did a pretty good one. Under the, under the Scope is a good one. Under the Scope. He did a Why I Love Evangelion. And Mr. Cynical it does, does well. a very good one. Um, mm-hmm. Digibro does like some directing ones. You get you get the Ava analysis project that actually describes exactly what's happening in the in the lore, just so you can understand what's going on. Yeah. But um, as far as like the themes, like I I think Mr. Cynical's video is really good describing the themes, like what these characters are going through and like what what's going on. Right. The first maybe half of the video they posted really goes into that. So I would suggest checking those out. We really love Ava. It's our favorite anime. At least it's mine. I know Sam's is, is technically Nadesco, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, okay, I'm going to explain this to you again. <laughs> Evangelion's like a god tier, so it's like not on my list. You know what I mean? It's 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Oh, it's 11 out of 10. It goes up to 11. It's 11 out of 10 for me. I love it. The rebuilds are also 11 out of 10 for me, but we'll talk about those later. But, I mean, Don't let me I... in, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, the Netflix dub isn't that terrible to me. Oh, we can it, we can I talk on it's... Netflix here a little bit. Ooh. And we're gonna give you what Netflix couldn't. Fly me to the moon. I think, yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's that bad. I think Shinji kind of sounds bad. Yeah, Shinji's um, a little bit, like, wispy. I get what yeah. they're going for. They're trying to, you know, emulate. There so, were some literal translations that were happening, and I think uh, people yeah. got upset about it. There's a little bit of background to the Netflix script translation is Studio Kara, who owns Evangelion now, they, um, they got really upset with Funimation, how they handled the... Uh, Rebuild you films. You cannot redo. Yeah, how they handle. I think it, it was, was mostly 2. it was it was mostly two point two and three point three. Yeah, yeah, so they got upset at like the audience reaction to it because there was you know there was some double entendres in the script and perhaps they got a little too liberal with with some of the and you know with some of the translations. But ADV did a very good job and I think they were involved with this script as well. But they they did a good job localizing it for an English audience and making it flow well and make sense in English and also, you know, sound good, right? So you have you have these iconic lines, right, where <clears throat> there's one in End of Evangelion where Shinji says, I'm so fucked up, and that's a meme, right? Everyone knows that. There's another one where he's staring at in, in a hospital bed and he says, unfamiliar ceiling. That's that's iconic right there. You have, I yeah. mustn't run away. That's iconic. He's always he's always saying that as his mantra. You have you got a bunch of stuff like that. And so... Studio Kara got mad at the translation, so they took a really heavy-handed approach to the Netflix handling of this. And I'm assuming that's part of why we don't have the same dub cast, and we also have a very literal translation, which is technically correct, but it's not it, it's not the best version of it because you do need to localize between languages. You can't just do a direct translation, otherwise it won't make sense grammatically. Or or like some, you know, they'll say third children instead of third child. Not a huge deal, but it's, you know. But really the big deal is they changed a couple of lines uh, at the end with, with Kaoru and Shinji. There, there was one of the lines there. You're worthy of my grace. That's like the change they made. <laughs> it's like, come on. 
because uh, <laughs> you know I love you, right? That means a lot in English, right? That can mean a lot. You can dig into that. It's not just there, there, there's there's value to having some ambiguity, right? In in your in a word, and yeah, you yeah. don't need to make it exact, like an exact literal. Like it only means one thing, right? That's why you know that's why language is so cool. You can you know you can have these these analyses and translations. So. You know, the, the Netflix was basically forced to do this literal translation. I know the guy who 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 translated it, he was getting some shit on social media. And it's like, dude, I don't even necessarily blame that guy. I don't necessarily blame the dub actors. You know, they were just getting a paycheck, man. If it wasn't them, it'd be somebody else, right? It was the whole the mechanism, the whole system that caused this. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, they're tools. They're like athletes, right? Voice actors are athletes transcribers are well they're a little more artistic i guess because they, they can they're kind of like writers i guess but he was i'm just i'm assuming he was you know stuck in a corner like he probably didn't have much say <laughs> right maybe but probably not so you know you the tra- the netflix translation is it's fine it's not bad but it like if you want the best english translation then you then you'll need to watch the adv version of it unfortunately that one's not an hd you know animation so it doesn't look quite as good but <clears throat> it sounds better and the messages get to you get across a little better mm-hmm. um and again how you mentioned the dub cast i think the dub cast was actually pretty good for the netflix aside from <clears throat> i don't personally love shinji as much although some people say they don't like the spike spencer shinji so you know your mileage may vary i don't think it was i don't think he was that bad like his voice sounded bad i think i just like he sounded quiet oh the new one yeah, and I think it's, one. it's voiced Casey. by yeah, yeah. It's like a voice by a female or something. Because in the Japanese, they, it was voiced by a female for Shinji. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. They, they don't have they don't emote as loudly as the old dub, and there's not quite that level of like passion and and like zest <laughs> of the old one. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's it's functional. It's fine. It's not terrible, right? It works. Yeah. It's just the main thing for me is the translations. If they would have just kept the same lines, then I wouldn't have had like much of a problem with it. But it's for me personally, it's like how they changed some of the script, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. It's I, not a I agree impact, with that. <laughs> um, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think it's as as bad as like you know flipping your table over. You know what I mean? Um, the thing is, it's not the best possible version. That's what bothers me. Sure, yeah. yeah. It's because of what it is. It's like the property of... It's like what what you're dubbing for yeah, is the God, issue. These fucking meddling studios. <laughs> Just like... You know, let <laughs> I would have gotten job, away with know. it too. And it's probably partly... Yeah. It's probably it's, it's probably everybody's fault. It's probably Funimation's fault too for, for getting too crazy with some of their stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not, but that's what I'm thinking. Right. Um, in any case, it's on Netflix. It's worth watching. It has a sub on there too. I do want to mention if you're going to go on Netflix, like obviously you probably are. There's three things for you to click on. Okay, there's Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is a series. Then there's the end of Evangelion. It's hour twenty seven minutes, and then there's Evangelion Death True Squared. So the thing is, is they in Japan they got the last two episodes and they were titled differently, and that's basically the end of Evangelion. Are those the director's cut episodes? Yeah. Oh, kinda, okay. Yeah. So I think that's how, that's like one way to watch it is you can watch the original series until episode like 20, 24 or something. And then there's like director's cut. They're like 30 minute episodes. 
Yeah. So then also, so basically though, is here in America, the way we got it was we got in it at this time, ADV films no longer had the dubbing rights. It, it, they, for, for death and rebirth and end of Evangelion manga entertainment got it. So what death and rebirth is, is it's the movie divided in two halves. The first half is like a, a, a quickly edited recap of the series and then Rebirth is the first of the last two episodes. And then the end of Evangelion is Rebirth plus the ending. So you don't need to watch the thing on Netflix called Evangelion Death True Squared unless you want to watch a recap of the series. You don't have to. Um, I think the, way the it's first edited part is of actually, it's a recap and then the other part is... No, it's oh, okay. Evangelion Death True Squared is the total recap. And it's an hour. It's an hour long. And it it um it, the way it's edited is really cool though, because they the way Ano had it edited was kind of like to. He kind of made it like almost almost like as if, as if it was the original last two episodes of the series, um it's so it's kind of cool in that aspect. Otherwise, I don't really think you need to watch it. I think you just need to watch Neon Genesis and then the end of, and then your Gucci. Yeah, and you can get away with the TV show, all twenty six episodes, and then the movie. It's a simple watch order. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a retail recap edited, edited kind of cool. But yeah, th- just, just in case that confused anyone, I just wanted to bring that up. But uh, yeah, dude, it's 10 out of 10. Dude, 11 out of 10, man. Best anime of all of time. The GOAT. The GOAT. And now people obviously. are going to have unrealistic expectations and they won't like it. <laughs> yeah. That's what sucks, though. Like when you're really excited about something and you're like, man, this is the best thing ever. It's so great. You got to do it. And then, then people are just like, "Man, I'm gonna dislike it just to spite you." <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I used to do that when I was younger. I used to do that to people. I used to be like, "I don't like it because it's popular." It's like yeah. I don't do that now. People think I do that now because I joke about it, but I don't. Like, I love Evangelion. I know how popular Evangelion is, and I still love it. It's fucking amazing. It's my best anime now. Like we said again, you know, you should watch it no matter what. You don't have to have it as your favorite. You don't have to give it a ten. But you should at least see, you know, how big of an influence it was and how how well it was made. That's it. Definitely you should. Definitely you should. 100%. So let us know what you think of Evangelion. I know a lot of people in our server know that it's our favorite. And we've been joking for a long time about the quote-unquote the Ava episode. Here you go. Happy birthday. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy Halloween. It's for you. Yippee Kaye episode. Yippee Kaye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. So I definitely, if you have not seen it, please watch it. Please watch it. If if you don't watch it for for us here at Anime Summit, at least watch it for me. Just me. <laughs> if you don't watch it for us, shit. watch it for me. Because <laughs> I'm the shit. But no, I love it. I fucking love it. Let us know what you think. And if you have seen it, let us know what you think of it, and let us know your thoughts on the on the Netflix dub if you've watched the Netflix dub already too, because I'm I'm totally curious. Obviously, there's a bunch of reviews out already. People on Twitter are going ham and everything yeah. like that. Oh, but man, I, I want to know what. <laughs> there's a lot of memes that are really funny. Yeah, there are. There are. <laughs> I want to know what you guys think though here in our Discord and in our Twitter and everything like that though. Okay, so hit me up, hit us up at Anime Summit, and then hit us up on the Discord as well. Shinji, I do a backflip every single day of my life. <laughs> Oh, I think we retweeted that at one point. <laughs> I, I liked the tweet. Maybe I didn't retweet it. God. 
Uh, so that funny. Being, that being said, that's Neon Genesis Nick Vangelion. Fraser, get in the I've robot or Niles will have to do it again. I've been <laughs> And this has been the Anime Summit Podcast. <laughs>